Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Jeff Cranston. And I'm Jen Denton. And today on Kitchen Table Theology, we're going to talk robbery, debt, and the gospel. (laughs) This should be fun. (laughs) (laughs) And please listen to the end today because we have a huge, 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 H-U-G-E, huge announcement to share with you. Thanks for joining us as we try our best to make theology understandable, especially for those who may have never studied theology. When we run up against hard-to-understand concepts, we love breaking it down and hopefully offering a solid theological explanation, which not only is true to the Bible, but is understandable and pertinent to our lives. And we try to have some fun along the way. Yes, ma'am, we do. (laughs) So let's see if we can have some fun today with atonement. Yeah, That's not a fun topic, but let's see if we can have some fun along the way as we we learn about this. So let's start off. So this is a brand new series uh, that we're beginning today, a pretty short series, four or five uh, podcasts on the atonement, the doctrine of the atonement. So let's start off like this. So Jen, imagine I come to, I can just imagine this happening. Imagine I come to you and I say, okay, Jen, I'm in big trouble. I need to borrow $10,000 and I need it right away. I mean, I, I've got to have it. Today would be would be great. Would you lend me $10,000? And you would say, uh, <laughs> well, let me see. We could blow out the emergency fund. Maybe just one of the kids could go to college. It, I definitely have to sell the Prius. That that, that might happen. But yes. If that would so be worth it for if, me. <laughs> if you, yeah, take your Prius money and yeah. run, right? So yes, if you definitely needed it, we could loan you the money. I'm just impressed there's an emergency fund. Oh, it, it's small, but it's there. <laughs> Dave Ramsey would be so proud. Well, thank you so very much. So you loaned me 10 grand, and I understand that I now owe you $10,000. We have a perfectly legal, perfectly ethical arrangement. Unfortunately, I wake up one morning and I realize I can't pay you back the $10,000. So now I'm in big trouble. However, my sister Kelly says, don't worry about it. I'll pay the $10,000. So my sister Kelly, who will be shocked that she agreed (laughs) to this when she listens. Hey, Kel. She pays you the $10,000 that I owe you. Now, now I owe you nothing, right? Every are we all tracking here? So I don't owe you anything. You as long got as I got yours. my money back. That's right. I'm you good. don't care. Okay. <laughs> so I owe you nothing. Yet somehow I still feel that you will hold this over me forever and ever. <laughs> Never. Well, my debt to you has been canceled 100%, right? So in fact, you must receive the ten grand legal tender in payment for my debt because the only responsibility I had to you is to pay you the money. And that's the way a debt is. As long as you can show me the money, <laughs> I am A-OK. <laughs> so let's take that story, which, by the way, I would never ask to borrow $10,000. I don't borrow. We don't borrow. 
we we come learned, up with ten thousand to give you. Our, <laughs> <laughs> I think well, our newly driving daughter would be very upset that we gave away the Prius. The Prius. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take the story, which, by the way, I'm I'm that story. I'm paraphrasing and making it applicable to us. After I read this in R.C. Sproul's book, The Truth of the Cross. And uh, we'll put that in the episode notes. So let's take our story and let's take it up another notch or two. So suppose I were to break into your house. Oh. Because I know where y'all live. <laughs> I would break into your house and steal the $10,000. And I, I know you and Fred probably have that in the cookie jar there in the, on the kitchen counter somewhere. We have it in our Dave Ramsey envelopes just right there <laughs> out on the kitchen counter. So you would make that would be easy for me. So you come home, you find ten grand missing, and you call the police, the wonderful <laughs> police officers and detectives we're blessed to have here in Bluffton, South Carolina. They find my fingerprints. They track me down. They find the 10,000 in my possession and they arrest me. This is a terrible story. But <laughs> so now I'm caught and I say, man, I, you know what? I'm really, I'm so sorry that, that happened here. Take the money. I didn't spend any of it. Take the money, give it back to Jen and we'll forget this ever happened. After all, what happens in Bluffton stays in mm. Bluffton. I think we all know that's <laughs> not true. So let's just, I say to the police, let's just forget about it. Here's the 10 grand back. You can give it back to her. But let's take it up a notch. Let's say I have invested the 10000 I stole on the astute and very sagacious purchase of Clemson football oh, season tickets goodness. by the time they arrest me. But my sister Kelly steps in again and says, wait a minute, I'll just give Jen the $10,000. So in those two scenarios, Jen, you are not bound to receive that $10,000 back and just wipe the slate clean, okay? In both of those scenarios, you have been stolen from. Mm. Because not only have I incurred a debt to you of that ten grand, I have committed a crime against you, and I, I have violated you as a person and violated your property. You now have the right to decide whether or not you will accept the 10000 back and refuse to press charges because you're the one who has been wronged. Well, I learned from my daddy a long time ago. <laughs> I have it deeply seated that, yeah, if you're wronged, it sticks with you. It, it gets up So you're pressing your charges on me. I don't know about that. I'd be happy to have the money back, but yeah. Would my, this help you? I, if that if the situation were reversed and I had the ten thousand back, uh, yeah, I'd press charges against you. <laughs> there you go. I, all I want to do is I want to meet Kelly, man. Yeah. If she's stepping in there with the ten grand every time, yeah, she she's gonna love this one. <laughs> so let's bring all this back today for today's topic of atonement. What does this have to do with atonement? As we dive in, Pastor Jeff, let's first define the word, and after that, let's let's talk about how atonement is not really a word we hear every day. That story, fanciful as it is, does have a lot to do with atonement. So when the Bible speaks about atonement, it means that a price has been paid for our sins, and that the price that's been paid has the result of bringing sinful us together with holy God. So we have been reconciled to God. Christ made an atonement for our sins. So our sins, in, by definition, have been covered. We've been washed clean. We've been declared righteous. Jesus paid a price, his life, that God accepted, and we are thereby brought back to God. So that's the definition. 
So, okay, then as we then apply that definition, the price has been paid for our sins that has the result of bringing sinful us together with a holy God. So back to the story we begin with, 10 grand borrowed, owed, stolen, whether I press charges or not. <laughs> yeah. So let's take that that story because I really wouldn't borrow money from you unless it was for coffee, nor would I ever rob you. And let's bring the Bible to bear on that story. So when Jesus offers to make satisfaction for me, as my sister Kelly did. So this works out good for her because she's the Jesus figure in this story. Can't get mad at you. No. In order for that payment to be accepted, God the Father, who is my creditor, I owe him. The party, he's the party I have violated. And he's also my judge. He must decide and decree that he will accept that payment from another mm. on my behalf. So in the story, you would have said, okay, I will accept Kelly's payment for what you owe me. Jesus offered the payment, paid the penalty. God had to decide and decree that he's going to accept that payment from another, uh, in this case, Jesus, on our behalf. So the doctrine of atonement says that's exactly what God the Father has done. In his love and grace, he has fully and completely accepted the substitution of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross as full and complete payment for our sins. So what I owed, the wickedness I've committed, the inability to save myself, when I throw myself completely on the saving work of Jesus Christ, God the Father accepted Christ's payment as payment in full. And along those lines, it sounds like we really can't have a good understanding of atonement without a good working knowledge of sin. Right. You know, once or twice in previous podcasts, we've referenced the book Three Minute Theology. And his chapter on the atonement, Dana Goodnow asks us to imagine that we're throwing a big dinner party. Just before the guests arrive, someone accidentally spills grape juice on some pristine white carpet. I'm sweating just thinking if it, about if it. If this wasn't a Christian theology <laughs> podcast, we would have had somebody spill wine on they it, would but have, we're, we're yes. going to go with grape juice. <laughs> but yes, I'm sweating just thinking about it. There's absolutely no time to get the stain out before the guests arrive. So what are we going to do? Are we Are going to pull a MacGyver? I don't, I don't know. The solution comes up that let's just cover the stain. Let's just throw a rug on it until the party's over, and then we can work on removing the stain completely. And Pastor Goodnow goes on to say that the Bible uses the word for covering a stain, and it's the word atonement. Each of us has a stained heart, he writes. Our sins have left their mark. We like to cover up our sins so that no one, especially God, sees them. In fact, people are constantly trying to hide their sins, but we really can't keep God from seeing our hearts. That's a great picture of atonement. It's, it's a covering. Mm. And sometimes, you know, and really it can go even deeper than that because after the party, the stain will be erased. And atonement has the idea also of not just covering, although that's its primary meaning, but we know that because of the covering of the sin, that the removal of the stain in God's eyes, our stain of sin, does occur. But that also occurs through expiation, propitiation, and uh, other theological doctrines like that. So sin isn't a mistake. Sin isn't an accident. Sin biblically really is an open rebellion against a very holy, just, perfect God. E ever since Adam and Eve 
disobeyed God and ate of the forbidden fruit, sin has plagued us. And of course, Adam tried to play that off. You know, well, it wasn't my fault. It was the woman. That woman you gave me. Whom thou gavest me. (laughs) So our our sinful natures insist, look, you know, I know best for my life. I don't need God. Um, Scripture tells us that all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Our sins have, uh, Isaiah says, our sins have made a separation between you and your God. So the atoning work of Christ highlights God's great love for us. God, the Father, was willing to bring us into right relationship with himself, even though we were enemies by our own declaration and our own actions. The problem with the restoration of mankind, of of us, is that God is both loving and just. So we like the loving part a lot, but he's also just. So sin can't go unpunished because he is just. However, because he is also love, his desire has always been to reconcile us to himself. And it seems to me that couldn't be done flippantly or without cost because that would undercut God's justice. Exactly. You know, so our debt of sin needed to be paid and we we didn't have the ability to pay it. Therefore, Jesus paid the cost of our sin through his perfect life and perfect sacrifice. That's exactly right. Yep. Well, you know, normally we include scripture verses in our podcast. So what verses can we point people to today to teach us and learn more about ourselves, teach us about the atonement? Yeah, this is kind of interesting because the word atonement is used a number of times throughout the Old Testament. And when we read it, we often find it associated with animal blood sacrifices where the Jewish people, through their priests, were making atoning sacrifices for the sins of Israel. And you you read the word atonement a lot in Deuteronomy uh, and Leviticus. It pops Mm -hmm. up there a lot. And there was also a Day of Atonement, right? Yeah. What was that all about? Yeah, uh, the Day of Atonement was when God commanded Israel, okay, you need to set aside one day each year, and it was the 10th day of the seventh month. And God called it is the Day of Atonement, and that's you can read about that in Leviticus sixteen and seventeen and uh, 20, chapter twenty three. So the people were to bring a sin offering. So the whole nation would bring a sin offering, which was an innocent, pure, unblemished animal sacrifice. And then Leviticus sixteen says, "Whose blood was brought in to make atonement." And in Leviticus seventeen, God had said, "For the life of the flesh is in the blood." And I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. That idea was carried over into the New Testament book of Hebrews, where we read in chapter 9, verse 22, all things are cleansed with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. But it's interesting that the word atonement in most all of our translations is only found in one verse in the entire New Testament. And that's only in the older translations like the King James. And it's in Romans 5.11. Would you read that for us? Sure. It says, We also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. But I see that in a more updated translation, it most often always reads along these lines. We also exult in God through our Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, though we have now received the reconciliation. Yeah, so there's the word reconciliation 
which is often used in the newer translations and and in really modern translations, atonement and, and reconciliation is a good word. Is it a substitute for atonement? Uh, well, that depends on who you're talking no. to, but <laughs> uh, as long as you can go back to the covering part of it, um, and but there is reconciliation certainly in the cons- in the doctrine of atonement. But some of the modern translations go off on this a little bit. Uh, I was reading f- through a few, you know, comparatively mm-hmm. getting ready for this podcast, and they read that we have. Um, so you read we also joy in God through Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement, or we have now received reconciliation. The more modern translations say, now we are God's friends. So there's no idea there of the sin covering. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's another podcast. For another yeah, I kind of, you saw my face. Our, yeah. <laughs> our listeners can't see my yeah. face. I kind of crinkled my nose at that she crinkled a little her nose bit. It was either a sour pickle face <laughs> like, or uh, you just sucked on a I don't a know if face. I like that. Because <laughs> it waters it down. That's why I don't. That's well, why it, I kind of push back at that. And I think. Yeah, you could even say it cheapens the idea a little mm-hmm. bit, but yeah, okay, let, let's go back. Even though the word <laughs> is hardly present, the word atonement hardly present in all the New Testament, the concept of the New Testament, uh, I'm sorry, of the atonement is almost on every page of the New Testament. Second mm-hmm. uh, Corinthians, we read this, He, God, made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So you can hear atonement in that. You know, when we imagine the pain and suffering Jesus endured because of our sin, as he experienced beatings and mocking and crucifixion and the wrath of God, uh, man, it it just gives you such uh, kind of a holy pause when we think about that. And that Christ being sinless was the only one. He's, he didn't deserve to endure all of that. Only him. We We deserve that. But because of atonement, he covered us in all of that. And as we try to wrap things up today, I know that this concept of the atoning work of Christ is not nearly as prim and proper as we'd like to think because Christians have not and do not always fully agree on the extent of the atonement, right? Yeah, there there are varying degrees of belief on the scope of the atonement. There's a helpful book I would suggest, um, Kitchen Table Theologian. You want to pick it up if you want to go a little deeper on this. It's called The Nature of the Atonement for Views. The Nature of the Atonement for Views. And we'll list that book in our show notes for the listeners, too. Yep. I suppose the big discussion through the ages on the extent of the atonement would be termed as limited atonement versus unlimited atonement. That limited atonement teaches that Christ died only for the elect, those who become believers. Unlimited atonement Christ died for all. And I I hold to the latter based upon 1 Timothy 4.10, among other verses. And that that verse says, We have fixed our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers. Now, there are a lot of very wonderful people who hold to both views, and you can find heaps of information in books and other podcasts, online articles and such on these two views if you're interested. So, Pastor Jeff, how about you give us a quick summary of what we've talked about today regarding atonement? I think basically we understand the atonement to mean that God would have been justified in letting us die in our sins. However, because of his great love, 
grace, mercy. He offers atonement in Christ Jesus. Our sin has been covered. You know, when you go back and think about it, because God's holy, that means all sins got to be punished. If all sins got to be punished and we're the sinners, that is sort of determined that sinners go to an eternal hell. Thankfully, God also loves sinners and doesn't want them to go to hell. So to resolve this dilemma, the Father sent the Son to suffer the penalty for our sin. And on the cross, God's wrath against sin was laid upon the Lord Jesus. And we're going to talk about wrath of God in our very next podcast, which is on propitiation. So now, when people believe in Jesus, their sin is forgiven, and God declares them righteous. Because He is our substitution on our behalf, paying our debt, you know, on what we owed but could never pay. Just go back to my story. Heaven becomes the believer's future reality in, instead of hell. Aren't we thankful for that, that our hope is in heaven? Well, this was, as always, a lot of information to get to today and probably just scratching the surface on some of yep. those things. So check out those resources that we've put in show notes. They are there for you. And now to the drum roll. I know. If we had, you know, we should have a fanfare trumpets. I can do the. <laughs> I was going to start banging on the desk, but that probably would throw my, the microphones off. I my taps off. are yeah. fast enough. Big announcement today. Do you, I'll let you give the, the great news today. No, you give the great news. No, you give the great news. <laughs> we'll All say right. it together. We are now at 10,000 10, downloads. Yay. Thank, Thank you. you so, so much. And to celebrate. They this, said it wasn't going to last. Oh, but it's lasted. And then some. <laughs> and we're going to celebrate really soon uh, in two more podcasts because we'll hit 50 oh, podcasts. See, good things all around. Yes. Yeah, all around. And we have something to give our listeners, right? We do. So for. The fact that we're celebrating 10,000 downloads of this Kitchen Table Theology podcast, we are going to give away 10, well, this is a much lower number, <laughs> just 10 coffee mugs, and they're Kitchen Table Theology coffee mugs. I've got mine sitting right here with me, full of a Southern Pecan coffee. So we have 10 coffee mugs to give away. So Jen's going to tell you how you can get yours. Sure. So if you go to Pastor Jeff's Instagram or Facebook page and find the post for this episode, episode 48, that's coming out on Sunday, March 7th, if you visit Pastor Jeff Cranston for both of those handles. Right. It just says Pastor Jeff Cranston, Instagram or Facebook. Yep. And comment, I listened to this episode. Or something, or something along those lines. The key is if you comment, hey, give me a mug. Yeah, hey, give me a mug. That will work. (laughs) Or hey, give me your stupid mug. That will work too. (laughs) And then we will contact you via DM, which is a direct message. Yeah. Thanks (laughs) for your address. Just a social media. I am. You know, I'm just helping people out. Helping people out. We want to share. We want to share the love, and we really are excited. So we would love to give away 10 of the Kitchen Table Theology coffee mugs. So check me out on Instagram or Facebook, Pastor Jeff Cranston, and you're going to comment. That's the key, because if you don't comment, if you just like it, we won't know. So comment and and just, you know, just comment something fairly kind. You know, nice, yes. Never a reason to be ugly to people, <laughs> no. but 
you're going to comment on episode 48. So on the atonement, that, that one, Sunday, March uh, 7th, and uh, we will DM you yeah. for your address and we will mail you a coffee mug. If you're local uh, here in Bluffton and you attend Low Country Community Church, we'll make it available to you. You can just pick it up some Sunday. But if you're not, we'll cover the shipping. We'll, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah, cover yeah. that. We're... we're <laughs> Yeah, I'll let you box them up and well, go. Well, apparently I got $10,000 laying around, so, <laughs> so apparently I can cover it. Well, hey, we want to remind you again, big thanks. And also we want to remind you to check out those episode notes when you get a chance. These are prepared and out there for just about every podcast we do. They are specifically created with you in mind to be an additional help for you as you dive deeper into the doctrine and theology of the Christian faith. Please check out Pastor Jeff's website at jeffcranston.com, where you can find our podcast archives. Dozens of theological topics are discussed there. And you can also check out Pastor Jeff's blog, where he writes on many issues important to the Christian life. Be sure to join us for our next podcast as we discuss the doctrine of propitiation. I think Uh, it's my favorite doctrine. I do like saying that word, propitiation. Yeah, I love the whole concept behind that. Well, good. I'm excited for what you have to share because it's a big word and it's got a beautiful background and meaning to it for each one of us. So you won't want to miss it. And thanks as always for listening. Kitchen Table Theologians, I just want to say thanks because really who would have thought 10,000 downloads. And what we have since learned is we started the podcast during the COVID lockdown (laughs) in April of 2020. I've talked to some people in the podcasting world who know a whole lot more than I do about this whole deal. And they said 2020 was the worst year in the history of podcasting to start a podcast. And not only that, the worst month of 2020 to start a podcast was April. So leave it to us to do just that. <laughs> there were there were fewer podcasts listened to in April of 2020 than any other month of the year, but we just kept growing and we've got a, a wonderful audience and uh, we love that you join us. Jen and I really enjoyed doing this. So let me just say personally, thanks for your support, your questions, your encouragement along the way. As we remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. See you next time right here on Kitchen Table Theology. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.